Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. If you would turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm going to continue the series, Are We There Yet? Number three, we've been following Elijah um, in this series, and if you haven't caught the series yet, um, or, or if you haven't been in any of the others, you can go and listen to them on our podcast if you'd like to, and then um, catch, kind of catch up. But also, I think each one of the messages have got some stuff. Some enough in them that, that if this is the only one you hear, it's, you can take something home from it. Um, that is my prayer. But we've been watching Elijah. Um, we, we saw him come onto the scene pretty, pretty boldly as he kind of got in the face of, of one of the wicked kings and declared that there would be no rain um, until he said there would be rain. And so after that declaration, God says, now I've got to hide you. And so we're talking about the there moments, how God moves us from one there to another because he told Elijah, he said, I need you to go there. There is where I'm going to give you water and I'm going to feed you with the ravens. There. God has their places for all of us, their seasons, their moments where he prepares us for the next there. How many of you know that God has a plan um, for all of our lives? There's a plan. There's a purpose. And God wants to unfold that. He wants to grow us up. He wants to mature us. He wants to take us along in this journey. And as we, as we go in the journey, you have, to, you have to go through one place to prepare you to get to the other. And if you get to the other too soon, you may not have gotten what you need to withstand that. Giving you an example. Elijah doesn't know what's going to happen yet, not, not yet, not where we are in the passage. He doesn't know yet that he is going to be in a position where down the road here uh, in a few years, he's going to withstand, he's going to stand against the prophets of Baal. He's going to impact hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people. He's going to influence hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm sure that if Elijah had his choice, like many of us, we would like to bypass the times of obscurity. We'd like to bypass the times of hiddenness and jump right on to the big stage. We all want the big stage. But God knows that we can't handle the big stage and we can't be the impact on the big stage that we need to be until he has taken us on the journey to this there and that there where he's teaching us things that need to be taught to get us where we're, where we're going give you an example. Some doors have to be open before other things can happen. For many of you here, um, for, for, for you ladies that have, have given birth, you, know, you understand that there are certain things that happen that have to happen before some other things can happen. For instance, you start to have contractions. You can't just go into the hospital. And I know I'm a pro at this. I mean, we had three kids, okay? So listen, I know all about it. 
you can't start having a few contractions, walk into the hospital room, lay down, push, boom, here's a baby. See, you guys are looking at me like, well, I don't know, I have no idea. Ladies, am I right about that? It just doesn't happen that easy, does it? Because there's a, do there's a door there, and that door has to be open, and that door is, we call, we call it dilation, as the door begins to open for the baby to come out. Y'all seem to be... Are y'all completely bored with this? Or So we go in, and it's like Carla's been having contractions for 32 hours. And I don't even understand this. 32 hours, it don't take us long to have a baby. This is Nikki. Let's get this thing done. We walked halls. We were all over the place. And it's like, okay, I don't, I don't understand it all, but, but what I see her going through right now, this is enough. This is plenty. Let's just go ahead and have this baby. Let's get this baby in this world. Uh, no, you're only dilated three centimeters. You're only dilated four centimeters. What does that mean? That means the door's not open yet, and that little critter is not coming through a door that's not open yet. Right? How many things in life do we try to just slam through closed doors? And God's saying, you're not ready yet. There's a door right there for a reason because I need to prepare you on this side of the door so that what you learn and experience on this side of the door will prepare you for what happens on that side of the door. But we just like to just bust doors wide open. We have to go through these there moments to get to the next there. And I'm afraid sometimes we try to jump the gun. Sometimes we, we, we hurry too fast. Does anybody here ever struggle with impatience? Anybody? We're, we're an impatient people, aren't we? I'm telling you, Carla the other day, um, uh, I don't know if I'll preach. I may just tell stories. I don't know what I'm going to do. Carla the other day got a little bit concerned about me. She said, it scared me just a little bit. I got so ticked off at my computer and my email. Didn't I, huh? Pretty bad. She, uh, she came in there and I said, look at this. What is going on? Why did this change? I can't. And, and so I was just like, I was freaking out because I had some documents that I had to get done like right now. And, and somebody in the, the wide world of the web changed my email. And the way I saw my email and it just freaked me out. We are an impatient people. You, you put a status up on Facebook, and if somebody doesn't like it right away, I'm, I'm never going back to that church again. I'm leaving that family. They didn't, even, they didn't even like my status. They don't even care about me. We get in their mind this, this, this impatient thing, yet God works through impatience, and we can't get there unless we go here first. We've got to deal with here before we can get to there. Look at, seven, look at verse 7, verse 7, verse 7. 17.7. Sometime later, the brook dried up. Now, what does that mean? He's already been down at the brook for being fed by ravens and having water for a long time. And now the brook has dried up because there's been no rain in the land. That's what happens when there's no rain. How many of you know sometimes that we can get, in com we can get comfortable? 
where we are. Elijah may have gotten comfortable in being fed by the ravens and been at the brook, and yet now he's being moved out of his comfort zone. We don't like to be moved out of our comfort zone, but the best thing that can happen to us sometimes is when we are pushed out of our comfort zone. A mama eagle will take the, in the nest that is so nice and padded, a mama eagle will start to pull away some of the things in the nest until the sticks underneath begin to poke the little bird. Why? Because she knows that that bird cannot stay in the nest forever. It's got to grow up. It's got to learn to fly or it is going to become prey. And so she begins to move the comfort out of the nest so that the little eagle gets so uncomfortable in the nest that it feels like it's going to be at least more comfortable to try to fly than it is to stay where it's at. And I think God, as the mama eagle, sometimes in our life finds us in a situation where we have created so much comfort in our own world that he can't prod us on to become all that he wants us to be. An eagle was made to fly. Am I right about that? An eagle's not made to sit in a, just sit in a nest. It's made to fly. It's made to soar. It's, it's, it's made to fly to heights that many birds cannot. An eagle, and that's what God wants to do in our life, and he has to move us out. Make it uncomfortable to move us out of our... Some of you are there now. It's just like you're so uncomfortable in this situation. I'm not telling you it's always that. I think there are times in in, in discomfort that God is trying to say, we have to ask, why why am I uncomfortable? Is it because I'm discontent in God's provision for me? Or is it because God is moving the comfort out of the nest saying, fly, little eagle, fly? Oh, what he goes on to say, and sometime later the book dried up. The word of the Lord came to him, go to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay where? There. I have directed, now I want you to call your attention to the word directed and remember that in just a minute. I have directed a widow where? There to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was where? There, gathering sticks, he called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have drink? And she was going to get it. He called and said, bring me a a piece of bread. Stop there just for a second. Now, in your mind, I, I made an assumption that when I read the words, I have, God says, I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. I made an assumption that she would know that she had been directed. Wouldn't you? I've directed a widow woman there, meaning he's going to show up, she's going to be looking for him, she's going to know it when he shows up, and she's already going to have the bread ready for him. Too easy, right? So he says, can I have something to drink? And she's, sure, she's going off to get him a drink of, uh, a drink of water. She's still got some of that. I think the Holy Spirit nudged him. What I tell you, she's going to feed you. And so now he asked for a piece of bread, and she says, as surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, which was true. She had no bread. But here's what she had. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and that we may die. Man, that is a sad, sad story. I believe I believe it's where a lot of believers are living today, though. 
We just try to make it from week to week. When God's saying, I've got so much more for you. Oh, we're just going, we're just kind of hanging around until we die. We'll go to heaven one day. We're just going to stay here until we die. Now, let me tell you something. Now, I believe that's much of the church world lives in that place. We're just going to work until we die. We're just going to stay here. We'll, we'll go to church once a week. And, and, you know, we're going to work and make money. We're going to go to the grocery store and buy food. And, and we're going to do that every week, week in, week out. And then one day we'll die and go to heaven. And that's not God's plan. God's plan is for you and I to express the kingdom of God in this earth through the lives that we're living now. God wants to do big things now. He doesn't want to just wait till heaven. He wants to do them now. But he has to find people who are willing to do more than just sit back and die. And that's where she was at. Just going, sit back and die. She somehow knew If God said, I've directed a widow woman there to feed you, somehow she knew. Are you with me? Somehow she knew that she was supposed to do this. But evidently in this situation, somehow God had prompted her heart already to feed Elijah. But somehow in her mind... She must have come to the conclusion that she didn't have, have enough to do it. How many times has the Holy Spirit prompted you to do something to give in the kingdom of God, to do something He's prompted you, but in your mind is like, well, I'm not sure if it's Him, and it couldn't be Him because I don't have enough, and I don't think it's God, I think it might be the devil. And Can you see this struggle that she could have been going through? Is anybody with me? Am I, am I in this place by myself? Where's my second service crowd? This is not the service that usually goes to sleep on me. Thank you. I will bust you up if you don't get women. <laughs> I don't even know where. Has God been dealing with you about doing something and maybe nobody else. See, she didn't know Elijah knew. See, now I know the text doesn't say that she knew. The text does not tell us, in fact, that she knew. But what the text does tell us is that God said, I have directed a widow woman there to feed you. So I'm going to go on the word of the Lord saying that I have already directed her. So that tells me that somehow she's been directed, but she's not sure of herself. She's not sure about giving. She's not sure, how am I going to do this? I don't have enough. I don't have anything. And here's where Elijah's there and her there collide. Two their moments come and they crash together. And it's their moments that I, I can't quite comprehend because our minds don't work this way. We're not trained to work this way. He comes to her to meet her need by having a need. Are you tracking with me? 
We think in terms of meeting needs by having something to meet a need with. So if I come to you and you have a need, then I must have something to give. But this is totally different. He, she, she has a need. She's ready to make a last biscuit and die. And Elijah doesn't come to her. God sends Elijah, but he doesn't send Elijah saying, I'm here. God sent me. It's all going to be okay. I'm here to, to pray and, and God's going to provide for you. I'm going to give to you. God's blessed me to be able to get. That's not what happened. Elijah shows up to a lady in need and says, give me your last biscuit. Give me a piece of bread. And she says, what? Anybody remember what she said? She said, I don't have any bread. And she wasn't lying. She didn't have any bread. But she had ingredients. She had oil. She had flour. She had ingredients. But she had no bread. How often do we fail to give by saying, I don't, I don't have this particular thing. When in reality, God's never asked us to do anything that he hasn't given us the ingredients for. And if we work the ingredients, then we have what somebody needs. It's too hard for us though, right? I'd rather just give you $10 and tell you to go away. <clears throat> I don't want to fool with it. I don't want to deal with the time. How many of you know that God does not make furniture? He doesn't make furniture. What did he make? He made trees. So what's he saying? I, part of the ingredient is what I've made. Part of the ingredient is what I have given you. I have given you trees. Now what I need you to do is add yourself into that ingredient. And when you take your skill and put into this ingredient, what's going to come out of it is going to be houses. And it's going to be furniture. And it's going to be all kinds of awesome things. But God doesn't make furniture and he doesn't build houses. Not now. Jesus used to build houses back in the day because he was a carpenter. But he's not doing that right now. That's up to us. Right? Are you willing to work the ingredients that God's put in you? Work the ingredients. Because here's what you'll find out when you work the ingredients. It's, a, it's just a, an, it's an absolute beautiful thing. See, because here's what happens. We, we put a thing out and say, can I come in and talk to you all just for a second? Um, we, we put a thing, I noticed nobody on the front row said yes, it's only the people toward the back. We put a thing out that says, we need um, people serving in uh, different various areas of, of the church. And so we need people serving in, in, uh, in upstreet. And some of you will say, ah, but you know what, I, mean, I don't like kids, uh, I don't want to serve there, I don't like kids. Now, and I'm going to be honest with you, there's some of you don't need to be around kids. <laughs> some of you I've seen around your own, I don't want you around my grandbabies, you know what I'm saying? 
No, some of you really, you're, you're just not people people. I mean, you, you're, just, you're just not good with people. You're just mean. You're, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Is there any way to not say that? No, but you're not. See, if I had a camera, I'd take pictures because there's four of you right now staring bullets through me and I'm getting scared. But others of you use it as an excuse. Oh, I'm not good with kids. What do you mean you're not good with kids? Well, I don't know enough about the Bible. Okay, oh, okay. How many times are, I don't, I don't know enough about the Bible. Okay, how long have you been saved? See, I'll go with that the first six months. But when you've been saved 20 years, and you say, I don't know enough about the Bible to teach an eight-year-old? There's more of a problem here than we've been discussing. Are you tracking with me? But let me tell you what, God will never ask us to do anything that he doesn't give us the ingredients for. Now, he's not going to turn you into a super Bible scholar. He's just not going to do it. He's not going to come down and zap you and you suddenly become a super Bible scholar. I've never, I don't even know all the books of the Bible. Boom, and then he starts telling them all. Blah, 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 blah. Doesn't happen that way, does it? What God, God gives us part of the ingredients. He gives us a brain. And in our, with our mind, and then an ingredient, an ingredient of time. And we put our mind and time and the Bible and scripture and lessons, and we put all those ingredients together. And then we go in and sit down. And it's like, okay, I don't have, but I do know, I, I, I do know that if I take the ingredients and I work them, say, work them. Work the ingredients. Tell me. Say, work them ingredients, bud. Come on, somebody tell me. Work them ingredients, bud. Work them ingredients. I know that's not good English, but work the ingredients. You've got them in you. You just got to work them. You got to get down in there and say, I'm just, I'm going to do something for the kingdom of God. And, and I'm going to work the ingredients that God's put down inside of me. And you, so you start to work. Here's the talent. Here's the gift. You start to work it. And then suddenly you're in a classroom. And you've, you've worked the ingredients. And now you're, you're before a child and you're ministering to a child. And you realize that in the kingdom of God, we don't babysit. In the kingdom of God, we minister to children. You tracking with me? In the kingdom of God, we minister to children. And we declare, you got a kid here, and so suddenly you're sitting here and you're ministering to this child. And this child looks at you and tears begin to run down her face. And she tells you that she has no home. And, and she tells you that she's been tossed back and forth from one place to another in foster, in foster care and different things. And, and you're sitting here listening. And now she's beginning to connect with you. And you're pouring into her heart. And you're showing her love. And she's feeling that love. And she's opening up to you and now you're beginning to realize that what you thought when you did you thought I don't have the knee I don't have any bread but you've got oil and you've got flour and if you'll work that oil and flour you've got something to give this little girl and when you give that to that little girl hope comes into her heart she has a reason to keep going she wants to live she wants to do greater and more she believes in herself now and suddenly you find out that what you needed, you thought you were going to die. You thought you had no reason to go on. You thought you were just going to live your last day. And now 
you connected with a purpose. And so in you taking your ingredients and giving a child your last biscuit, God turns that last biscuit into an overflowing of flour and oil into your own life. Is this making sense to anybody? God wants to do so much. Work the ingredients. Now let me bring it down to church level. I believe that harvest is a movement. I believe that what God is doing in harvest is a movement. I don't believe it's just another church. I don't say that arrogantly, but I say that with with years and years of experience in, in church work. Now, don't get me wrong, we got our problems, we got our issues. But I believe that I'm seeing God work a movement. And it's a movement to, to help people find what, Jesus, what God wanted all along. And that is a relationship with Him. In the Garden of Eden, God walked with Adam and Eve. And Adam, Adam and Eve sinned. And now they're not walking together. And Jesus comes. And Jesus dies on a cross to deal with our sin problems so we can walk with Him again. It's about relationship. He wants to walk with us. And so, Elijah's in a there moment where he's in hiddenness and nobody sees him and nobody, nobody hears from him. And maybe he feels lonely, I don't know. But he, he's invisible. He's fed by the ravens. He's drinking water from the brook. And now God says, Elijah, now... I'm pulling you out of your hidden season and I'm going to put you before people. But what I want you to know is is that you had to go through the hiddenness because in this hidden season, I became your source. I became the source of provision for everything that you needed. I became your source because there was nobody else around. Couldn't depend on a credit card. Anybody with me? Couldn't depend on somebody else down the road. Couldn't depend on the church down the road. Couldn't depend on mom or daddy. None of them were around. He was stripped down to nothing to the point that he was completely dependent on on his father for provision. How many of you know that that's where God wants us because he can't do grand, great, and glorious things through us until we learn that he's the provider. Because when I learn he's the provider, then I can trust him to give anything, anytime he says to give it. So God teaches him in this hidden season, this is what you need. I need you to learn to trust me. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to be, now I'm going to send you to a widow. And that widow is going to feed you. And so he goes there to the widow and he says, give me a biscuit. And what he thinks he's going to say is, I've been expecting you. But he doesn't hear that. So now he's got to learn. Now he's got to use what he learned in hiddenness. Because everything in his mind is going against him on this. Everything in his mind goes against the idea of him asking a lady 
that's about ready to eat her last biscuit with her son and die, everything in his mind goes against this, but he has to go back and he remembers. He remembers sitting at the brook. He remembers how God provided with the brook. He remembers how God provided from the ravens. And as God provided, now he's going to go up here and he's thinking in his mind, but you know what? God provided for me back there when it didn't seem like provision could come. And if God can provide for me that way, then when I ask this lady for a piece of bread, he can provide for her. He had to go through it to, to get to this place. Are you tracking with me? And then this bread moment is going to help him get through and her get through a moment when her son dies and Elijah has to go and breathe breath back into him. And then Elijah stands on the big stage in front of everybody, but he had to go through here. But when we try to crash this door down, can you imagine had Elijah just decided on his own to leave the brook and go to Zarephath? Would this story have, it would have been a mess. He had to wait. Some of you are in waiting seasons. You say, but I've waited long enough. <laughs> Obviously not. Are you with me? But I've been waiting, okay. But Either you haven't learned what you need to learn right here or God's not ready for you to come. But some of us never learn. Some of us wander around in the wilderness in circles because we just don't learn. Because we just don't learn. We just don't learn. But then when you finally learn, God said, oh man, I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you over here at the promised land. <laughs> man, I've been hanging out over here. i got some cool stuff over here for you. Yeah, there are going to be some battles, but I'm telling you, I've got places over here. I mean, I'm telling you, this place is, is flowing with milk and honey. You're going to have houses that you didn't, didn't even build. I'm going to bless you with businesses you didn't start. I'm going to provide for you with money that you didn't even earn. I'm going to give you crops that you didn't even grow. But I had to get you through this time in the wilderness. But now you're ready. Now you've learned. Now you have. Now I can bring you in. You gotta get prepared in this one before the door opens to that one. And I don't know where you are in this journey right now. But I wanna tell you, in close with this God's got you. Say, but I don't even believe in Him. Okay, you're on a journey to belief. I, I, don't, I haven't even trusted Jesus as my Savior. I don't even know if there is a God. Well, you're on the journey for Him to show you who He is, and you'll get there. You can't come and sit in this room. If you don't want to believe in God, this room is not the place you want to sit every Sunday. I'm going to tell you that. If, you, if you're just hell-bent, can you say that? On, on not believing this is not the church you want to be in because you keep coming here and you're going to believe. You're going to believe. Can we, let me close with this, can we as a church take our ingredients? See, we've got oil and flour and oil and flour and oil and flour 
And I don't mean just all oil and flour. It just happens to be the ingredients there. But we all have gifts and we all have talents. And see, the oil by itself couldn't make a piece of bread. And the flour by itself couldn't make bread. But man, you put the oil and the flour together, and we got some biscuits going on. You know what I'm saying? Some good, this world out here, listen to me, I'm, I'm done. My voice is done, and I'm done. This world out here needs the bread of life. Is anybody with me? This world out here needs the, Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This world out here needs the bread of life. How are we going to make that? We got to put all of our little ingredients together. And as we put all of our ingredients together, God does something in this place. And he takes all of our ingredients and then he heats this oven, this room up, the oven of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and all of the things, you see, sometimes it gets rough when the kneading happens. Kneading is what it's called, right? When you're squeezing on the bread. You know what I'm saying? You're kneading the bread, squeezing it up. That, that feels kind of rough, but he's making us, guys. He's making us. It feels uncomfortable, bud. It's okay. It's okay. He's, he's kneading us. And then what he's doing is in the process of that, the heat in the oven of an atmosphere of worship and praise and the Holy Spirit is creating a, 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 deli a bread delivery system that this world so desperately needs. So desperately needs. But you've got to put your ingredient in. Some of you are new, and it's okay to sit a while. But some of you are not new anymore, and your ingredient hasn't been put in. You're still eating off everybody else's bread. You just come in, and you eat the bread, and you leave. And you come back a week later, and you eat the bread, and you leave. And you haven't put yourself in. You haven't put yourself in serving. You haven't put yourself in giving, or whatever the area may be. And all I'm saying, and, and I love having you here. I love seeing... Seat's full. I love it. But I'm just saying, we're not here to just meet on Sunday and have church. Amen. There's a world out there that needs Jesus. There are young people that need Jesus. There are addicts that need to be set free. And we don't do that by just coming in here and sitting and listening to a sermon and a song on Sunday. We all have ingredients and we have to put those ingredients together. And God is building something that's bigger than we can even imagine. Let me, let me say this, and I'm going to pray. I want to pray for us. Kendra, would you stand up just for a second? I hadn't planned on this. I'm sorry. Turn around and look at everybody. This is Kendra. She's, a, she's our new volunteer coordinator. Everybody here, at some point, is going to meet this lady. Everybody here, as she sits down with you and helps you find the place of service. And I think the thing is, is that we put our heart and our hands at the place of greatest demand but i want to do this i know you want to do that we want you to do this but right now here's the place of greatest demand and as a family when dad can't take the trash out somebody else gets it are you tracking with me as a family we do this together to make it happen we work it together oh let's i think we just ought to be a sweet time to sing
Would you bow your head just for a moment? If you are here and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, and you would like to pray right now where you're at, not going to come back and get you, but you want to pray right now where you're at and you want to invite Jesus into your life to be your Savior, would you just raise your hand anywhere? I'm going to pray with you right now if you would. Um, I, want, I want to invite Jesus into my life. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do, Father. Take our ingredients. You've given them to us. And Lord, when we put our ingredients in, you just keep giving them. You just keep pouring. She never ran out of oil or flour, Lord, because you kept pouring it in and providing for her. And as long as we keep giving it away, you're going to keep giving it back to us. So we give it away today in Jesus' name. We walk with you and we praise you. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.